The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of the Pokemon Snapshot. Hi, Tyler. How are you doing today? Not super great, Jeff. My uh, spring break ends after today, and I am wallowing in emotion. Oh, we are all playing our sad violin for you. You know, us, all from the working class. I have you know, Jeff, that at least when my boss is looking, I work very hard. I I mean, don't we all? But as soon as they turn around, he's pulling his switch out from under his desk. Only sometimes. Only sometimes. And just remember, you can go and follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot or email us at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. Also, if you could, please go and give us a review on the listening platform of your choice. It helps other Pokemon fans such as yourself find our podcast. All right, Tyler, are we ready to learn about today's episode? Yeah, I guess. All right. So today's episode is episode 27 and it is called hypno's nap time which in japanese it was called sleeper and pokemon hypnotism not as cool uh it aired on september 30th 1997 in japan and on october 13th 1998 in the united states all right tyler let's get into our episode We begin our episode with the narrator reminding us of how Ash got his rainbow badge in the previous episode. He then says that Ash and his party have found themselves in a new city. We then see Ash and the party walking down the sidewalk in a very New York-looking type of city, bigger than any kind of city that we've seen before. Like, we're talking skyscrapers, you know, downtown. We've seen cities. This is like a full-on, like, New York City, maybe downtown Chicago type of thing going on here. Ash comments that he feels like the buildings are closing in on them, and Misty says that the buildings are so tall you can't see the sky. They ask Brock where they are, as Brock is carefully studying the map and looking like a lost tourist. And I just want to know something, like here, because they ask Brock where they're at. How does somebody end up downtown any city without ever once seeing a sign that tells you what city it is? I mean, I've accidentally ended up downtown in both Minneapolis and Chicago without intending to be but I still always at least knew what city I was in. Yeah, and I am pretty sure that you ended up in Minneapolis trying to visit me that one time. You're right. I ended up in downtown Minneapolis during rush hour traffic trying to visit you because this was like, oh, I don't know, 12-ish years ago maybe, and I didn't have a GPS, so I was reading MapQuest directions printed out on a piece of paper and got lost. I really to this day have no idea how I ended up finding you. (laughs) <laughs> and for those of you who want context, it, if you remember when I told you about the time I almost died at Valley Fair in Minnesota, it was the same trip. Yeah, same trip. I got lost and Jeff almost died. It was a good time. Brock stumbles over his words after being asked where they are and says that it looks like they are in Hop 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 Town. Missy and Ash then do a very stereotypical thing by doing a like an anime stereotypical thing by doing a little like hopping dance with a colored background. I have no idea what was happening in this scene. Yeah, so I try to find out what it was called in Japanese because I'm like, well, that's interesting that the joke fits, you know, Japanese. Uh, so I went into Google Translate and all Google Translate told me that in Japanese, 
Well, no, I went to Bulbapedia, and Bulbapedia said in Japanese this town was called Yo-Yo-Yo Town. So I thought, oh, yo probably just translates to hop. But then I then Google Translate did not help me at all because I... So then I tried copying the kanji down and putting that into Google Translate, and then it just told me that the kanji was Yo-Yo-Yo. So Yo-Yo-Yo does not translate into anything in English, as I found out. Very interesting. Just then, a middle-aged lady comes up yelling Arnold and hugs Ash, pulling him into her aggressively. Yes, and when it's doing that, it does show Ash's head being squished between her bosoms as she hugs him. Like, the yeah, stereotypical... Yeah, it's quite an awkward scene. Yeah, it's like the stereotypical, you know, you see your great Aunt Sarah at the family reunion, and she, like, comes and goes, give me a big hug. That's kind of how the hug was. Yeah, though, I've never had that happen to me at a family reunion before, Jeff, so I don't know what's going on at yours. That might not be typical. You are from southwest Iowa, or southeast Iowa, I should say. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Sorry, anyone listening from southeast Iowa. Jeff and I have a long-running joke because I'm from western Iowa and he's from eastern Iowa, and we make fun of each other's ends of the state. But as you know now, both of us got out of that state. Yes, neither of us live in Iowa, but the feud continues. After this awkward scene, she says, Where have you been? Mother's been so worried. And Ash says that he is named Ash and not Arnold. Misty chimes in and says that she is Misty, but Brock informs her that the woman was not talking to her. Good. Misty needs to realize that every conversation doesn't have to be about her. Like, it had no reason. It's like, my name's Misty. No, Misty, no one cares. Yeah, go away, Misty. Nobody cares about you. The woman then gets sad and says that she is sorry for the mistake and that Ash looks just like her son, Arnold. Misty asks what happened to him before we break into the episode title screen. And I normally don't mention the episode title screen, by the way, but I had to for this because otherwise this transition would make no sense to you. So, so after, after, after she says that she's, uh, sorry because he looks just like his son, Arnold, we then see Ash and the party along with the woman sitting in some sort of plaza on these really uncomfortable-looking cement column seats. So they're like, you look just like your son Arnold. Title screen. Boom. They're just sitting at a bench together. Okay. The woman explains that Arnold just disappeared. She says that he has been gone for three days and she can't find him anywhere. Brock asks if she heard anything from him and says no. Oh, Brock, your usual pointless questions and statements. Like, of course she hasn't heard anything. That's why he's lost. Ash then suggests that maybe he has gone off to the po- to be a Pokemon trainer, which is a fair idea considering it seems common for children to just leave home and wander around the world. Woman, the woman, however, responds that although the although this Arnold liked Pokemon, he never mentioned being a trainer. Misty says that he may have just come that he may just come home soon. So my question here is, why is this woman just airing all her grievances to this group of preteens that she just met? It, I mean, they like show up. She's like, yeah, I'm just going to tell you all the problems I'm having right now. Maybe working more closely with the police department would be a better action to take at this point in time. Now, I'll give her this. She did accidentally interact with them because she thought Ash was Arnold. And it would be kind of weird to be just like, don't worry about why I just came up and hugged you into my bosom and then ran off down the street, Jeff. You can't just do that. I mean, yeah, it's just like I feel like she's given more information than they need. I guess. I guess. I I just said, I I don't know. It fits up until this point, I guess. To me, anyway. 
She then comments that she doesn't think that this will happen because he isn't the only child to go missing lately. So in response to Misty saying, maybe he'll just show up. Thanks, Misty. Um, she points out that it's not the only child that's gone missing uh, and then points to a wall with a bunch of missing children posters hung up on it. Ash comments that this must be a dangerous town and Misty comments that her face will be on posters someday too when she is a famous star. Wow, Misty, talk about the wrong time to discuss your own vain aspirations. Like, we're literally dealing with a probable child abductor here, and Misty's worried about being famous and having her face on a poster. Ash comments she may be a star in horror movies at this little comment Misty gives. Yeah, Misty is not... She's making this all about her. I I don't know if she just feels sad that they're just not... That she's been hanging around with just Ash and Brock. She has to get this information out that she just wants she wants some attention on her. But just so you know, the scene was different in the Japanese version, but I'm not going to say it was much better. Uh, Misty originally said that she should watch out for the kidnappers because she is cute. And then Ash looks all confused and Misty goes, what? Then Ash begrudgingly goes, okay, you're cute and you better watch out. Yeah, that's not much better. No. Either way, Misty's making this all about her. I will. Yeah. I want to point out, and this is going to make more sense here very soon, but I feel like we're really seeing the worst character traits of all three of our main characters in this particular episode. Like, just the worst of them. Like, they're just really cranked it up a notch. Officer Jenny then pulls up on her bike, saying that all of these were certainly nice children. She begins looking for a spot on the wall to hang yet another missing poster. Ash runs up and asks which cousin she is of the other officers he has met, and Ginny responds by saying that she is the cousin's cousin. Brock comments that she is the most beautiful yet, and Misty says that they all look exactly alike. Brock runs up and says it must be terrible searching for all these lost children, and says that he would be happy to help in the search. He then creepily grabs her hand and says that they can work hand-in-hand hand together. Ugh. Officer Jenny pulls her pulls back her hand and in an angry tone says that they don't get that they says that just don't get in the way. So, you know, after this like awkward scene, Officer Jenny goes, just don't get in the way. And Brock kind of giggles maniacally at this point. Ashton looks back to see the woman who lost her son sitting on the bench looking sad. He says that she reminds him of his mom and he has a flashback of himself bidding farewell to his own mother on the beach the last time he saw her. You know, as she's standing next to her probably boyfriend, Professor Oak. All right, I have a couple things to say. So the first thing, when you're talking about how creepy Brock is, is just making me the certain controversy we have with Pepe Le Pew right now. What is the controversy with Pepe Le Pew? That Warner Brothers is no longer going to make Pepe Le Pew cartoons because he is a horrible person and he forces himself on that cat. See, now, I didn't realize they still made those. I guess, and people are all up in arms on it. I, I mean, that's just something that... Well, Pokemon better watch out, because as soon as uh, someone starts watching some of the things Brock does, they're going to get canceled, too. Yeah, and then we'll be out of a job. Well, I mean, we got quite a backlog. We won't be out of a job for, you know, a decade. But another thing I wanted to point it out was, I want you to think of how weird this is to the North American viewers. So Ash remembers his mother, okay? But the picture he has of his mother is in a swimsuit. Which, to us who's been watching the episodes, knows exactly where this scene came from. It came from, you know, uh, Beauty and the Beach, when they were in the beauty contest, in the Pokemon contest. 
But if you recall, this episode the clip is taken from never aired in English until a few years later. So they have no point of reference for where this footage is coming from, and they just think Ash is creepily remembering his mother in a swimsuit. Next to Professor Oak on a fanciful-looking beach. Yes, next to Professor Oak on a fancy beach, which is just weird if you think about it because this is the last time he saw his mother, but when the episodes originally aired, he had no point of reference for it. And I just want to point out that even if you do have a frame of reference, it was still a pretty creepy scene. Yes. Like, to remember. Like, Ash is like, oh, wow, last time I saw my mother, and then it's there with her boyfriend in her swimsuit. It's just weird. After, after Ash's little flashback to remembering his mother, he says that she must be worried, and Pikachu agrees. Apparently, this needed stated, and he then says that Detective Ash will be on the case. So Ash, like, looks at her, sees her sad, and goes, wow, she must be worried. Duh, Ash. Pikachu agrees, and now he's going to be Detective Ash. Misty sighs as we see Ash punching the air after saying that he's Detective Ash, and, and Brock is still flirting with Officer Ginny in the background. And, and it was at this point with Misty sighing and these two doing these two different things in the background that I realized that these missing kids truly are screwed. <laughs> we change scenes to see Ash and his party walking with Officer Ginny. Ginny explains that all the children went missing three days ago. All right, here's another thing. Why is Officer Jenny working with this group of children? Like, I just think that the Pokemon world needs better funding for their police force so that every town can afford more than one officer. Yeah, I think uh, the Pokemon universe took defund the police a little too seriously. And ended up uh, with just one Officer Jenny cousin in every single town. And now she's forced to work with incompetent children, one of which is hitting on her inappropriately. Poor Officer Jenny. I really feel for her. She probably never gets a break. Brock asks if any of the children have anything in common, and Ash says that it is a brilliant deduction and an apparent attempt to sound like a detective. Officer Jenny informs them that the kids have nothing in common, but suggests some of the other kids may know something about this. They approach a Pokemon Center, and Brock says that they can ask the kids in there if, if, any, if they know anything. Ash again says that this is a brilliant deduction. If he says that something is a brilliant deduction one more time, I quit the show, Jeff. I'm just throwing that out there. Because I had to type brilliant deduction two times in three minutes when I was doing the script. They head inside the Pokemon Center and begin questioning the children inside. Jenny asks, asks some little boys if they have seen the missing child on a photo she holds up, but Brock runs over and asks them if they think Officer Jenny is beautiful. And I really feel like they leveled up Brock's creepiness in this episode and Misty's, you know, being conceitedness. We are literally dealing with missing children here, and all anybody is worried about is their own vain selves. Yeah, and don't forget, Matt Ash is whatever he's doing right now, impersonating a detective. Yeah, Ash is just living out his detective fantasy while we have literal missing children. Misty and Ash approach the counter to speak with another Nurse Joy. Ash says he bets she is related to the Nurse Joy from Maiden's Peak, and she says that he would win that bet. Apparently, we need to go back to pointing out the already established fact that all the Nurse Joys and Officer Jennies look the same. It was a nice break from having to talk about that each and every episode. And this is the second time that Ash brings up Maiden's Peak. He said it to Officer Jenny, too. Which I don't understand why that town is the one they bring up. They have obviously been to Saffron City and Celadon City by the point this episode came out. 
I'm just wondering if the writer's like, well, let's just call back to the last mysterious episode we had. Which I guess Saffron City with the whole Sabrina that arc was kind of mysterious, but... Well, us- you're forgetting the ghost episode in there, too. Yeah. That was a mysterious episode. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Maiden's Peak just really struck a chord with old Ash, seeing, you know, Brock get possessed by a spirit of a dead woman. Like, maybe it stuck with him more than we realized. I mean, something's had to traumatize him by this point. At least they're calling back to something. I would have had my money on Ash, you know, dying and coming back to life being the traumatizing thing or almost dying after floating to the bottom of an ocean. But I guess seeing Brock almost get possessed by a young woman was probably pretty weird, too. After this awkward exchange, Misty holds up a photo of a missing kid and says that they are there about the missing children. Nurse Joy, whom they are talking to, says that she heard about that on the news. She then says that she would like to help them, but can't because all the Pokemon in the center are behaving really strangely. She shows them the Pokemon looking really drowsy and almost asleep. She points out how one Charmander is about to have the flame on its tail go out, and it will die. Yes, according to the Pokedex. According to the Pokedex. She says that the worst affected is Psyduck. Ash pulls out the decks, and it explains that Psyduck uses mysterious power to perform various attacks. Brock asks what is causing all of this, and as if she would know, you know, because I I just don't get why he asked her that, but he's like, what's causing this? She already said she didn't know, Brock. Focus. Of course, Nurse Joy says that she has no idea, but she does say that this has been going on for three days. Officer Ginny wonders if there is a connection to this and the missing children. Ash says that this is the one more puzzle for the mind of Ash Ketchum, Master Detective. That's what Ash says. Oh, my God. Just then, a device starts going off in Officer Ginny's hand. Misty asks if it is a radio, and she says it isn't. Brock chimes in and says that it must be a handsome guy detector. Officer Ginny pushes him away and says that it is a sleep wave detector. Apparently, she has been picking up sleep waves lately, but doesn't explain why she would possibly want to test for that. I don't understand what prompted her. Missing children, sleep wave detector. Maybe Officer Jenny needs to go back to the police academy. Just throwing that out there. Officer Jenny then says that the waves are coming from outside, and just then Pikachu gets really tired and falls asleep. Brock points out that these sleep waves and the sleeping Pokemon must be connected. Thanks, Brock. Maybe she just needs it. She probably went to the same police academy that Ash went to. So no police academy? <laughs> so no police academy, yes. There that, we go. That, that gave Ash, I guess, his degree to be a master detective. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But in this whole scene, in the Japanese original, instead of asking if it is a radio, Misty asks if it is a cell phone, which you're like, why did you put that in there? That's not that interesting. But you have to think about the time this show came out, 97. And then in the United States, it came out in 1998 when the episode released cell phones were not as popular in the united states as they were in japan so they changed what they were saying that is interesting because i i I was thinking that when you said that it was cell phone i'm like 98 i don't think i knew anyone with a cell phone in 98 like i know they existed but i don't feel that they were that common yeah but they were a lot more common in japan than they were over here that makes sense that makes sense we, did, we just then, after this little exchange, change scenes to Team Rocket. They appear to also be tracking the sleep waves, and Jesse says that they must be coming from this town. They say that they will capture these waves and use it on their boss so that they can finally take a vacation. 
They all start talking about the various things they're going to do and begin crying how bad they need a vacation since they are always working. And I'm honestly surprised that they don't want to use this to put the trainers to sleep and steal their Pokemon. I did not expect the plan that they're dishing out here. Yeah, but do you honestly think Team Rocket works that hard? Like, a lot of times they're just kind of loafing around and, you know, they sit around, dress up in cool outfits, fail at their plan, and just go back to the drawing board. I guess I just don't have sympathy for Team Rocket at this point. I don't have sympathy for Team Rocket either, but I will say it is sometimes really hard work being that dumb. Not that I would know from personal experience, of course. We then change scenes again to see Officer Jenny walking down the sidewalk following the sleep wave detector. They follow it to a very tall building, and Officer Jenny says that it seems the waves are coming from the roof. They hop in the elevator and head up to see what's going on. They get to the top of the of this basically skyscraper, and what they find is a large, ornate-looking type mansion complete with well-tended landscaping and all that good stuff. And honestly, it kind of looks like the hotel from The Shining. I definitely would have just left at that. And Officer Jenny looks surprised that there was a mansion up there, but you think since she is the only police officer in town, you think she would know about the mansion on top of a giant skyscraper? Unless it was a secret maybe i have my own theories about some dubious things going on in this little mansion that we will discuss later officer jenny then says that it appears the signals are coming from the mansion um so ash goes running for it squats down and signals that they could all come over so he thinks that he's john rambo at this point like he like runs up to the front door and he's like come with me he does a little hand motion like come kind of thing the rest of the group creeps up to the door upon Ash giving the signal, and Ash says that there is someone inside. Ash and Brock burst through the doors to find a fancy party going on with two Pokemon sitting on a table. And that is when it cuts to our Who's That Pokemon segment. Who's That Pokemon? All right. Our Who's That Pokemon for this week is one of the Pokemon we saw sitting on the table and also is in our, our title. And it is Hypno, who in Japanese is called Sleeper. Boring! Yeah, but again, I say this every time you say it's a boring name in Japanese. You also have to think that Sleeper is not a word in ja Japanese, so more exciting in that. So you're, say so you're saying it's actually Sleeper in English, that's the name? Yes. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. I thought you meant Sleeper in whatever it is in Japanese. No, no. When I give the Pokemon name, it is ex the exact Pokemon's name, so... Gotcha. All right. Carry on. Yeah, so, his, some basic information about Hypno. His number is 90. He's number 97 in the Pokedex. He is a psychic type. He's 5 foot 3 inches tall and weighs 166.7 pounds. He is known as the Hypnosis Pokemon, and he does not evolve into anything because he is the final evolution in his evolutionary chain. Alright, his name origin. Hypno is a shortening of hypnosis. It could also be derived from hypnos, the personification of sleep in Greek mythology. His Japanese name origin. Sleeper is literally sleeper, one who sleeps. What is Hypno based off of? Hypno is based on a taper, hypnotist, and baku, or dream eater spirit of Japanese mythology. It also looks similar to a proboscis monkey 
Hypno's long hooked nose and white frill could also be based on a vulture, such as Ruppel's vulture. Aspects of Hypno's behaviors also resemble various fairies, goblins, boogeyman, and other supernatural entities in European folklore. Hypno's biology. Hypno is a bipedal humanoid Pokemon that has yellow skin. It has triangular ears with brown interior, sleepy-looking eyes, and a large nose. On its neck, it has a ruff of white fur, which is longer on the female. Hypno has five fingers on each hand and holds a pendulum in its left. The pendulum resembles a flat silver rein and is used for hypnotism. Hypno is never seen without it. It has three toes on each foot, which also have a pink pad on the undersides. All right, and some Pokedex entries from Hypno. Red and Blue says, When it locks eyes with an enemy, it will use a mix of psi moves, such as hypnosis and confusion. Pokemon Stadium says, if you lock eyes with it, it will try to hypnotize you. It is best to close your eyes quickly before you get hypnotized. Uh, Pokemon Gold states, When it is very hungry, it puts humans it meets to sleep, then it feasts on their dreams. So Hypno eats your dreams. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, and just wait, because I feel like we are going to get one coming soon that kind of ties into our episode. Ruby and Sapphire says, Hypno holds a pendulum in its hand. The arcing movement and glitter of the pendulum lull the foe into a deep state of hypnosis. While the Pokemon searches for prey, it polishes the pendulum. Interesting. So it lulls them to sleep. Kind of like when Jeff is talking about various games that he's discovered. Thank you. Uh... Fire Red says, it carries a pendulum-like device. There once was an incident in which it took away a child and hypnotized. Oh, there's that tie-in. And then our last one, Pokemon Moon says, as a matter of course, it makes anyone it meets fall asleep and has a taste of their dreams. Anyone having a good dream, it carries off. Well, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, so Hypno is another one of those creepy Pokemon that we have dealt with and that is hypno and our who's that pokemon segment who's that pokemon very very interesting i was expecting that to be a bit of a boring who's that pokemon but it's good to see that there's some like good creepy stuff going on with that guy or gal whichever after uh we get back to our episode, and Ash and Brock have burst through the doors of this mansion on top of a skyscraper to find a fancy party going on with two Pokemon sitting on a table. They ask what is going on in there, and one rich man steps forward to ask in a posh English accent if they are new members. So you know that, like, stereotypical Queen's English English accent? That's what this guy's rocking. Officer Jenny then steps forward and says that they have been monitoring sleep waves coming from in there, and the rich guy says that it must be coming from Hypno, one of the Pokemon sitting on the table. Ash pulls out the Pokedex, and it explains that Hypno is a hypnosis Pokemon that carries a pendulum-like device and performs hypnotic attacks. Misty then asks about the Pokemon next to it, and it is identified as Drowsy by the Dex. The Dex explains that Drowsy is said to be the descendant of Dream-Eating Taper, and that it is the first Pokemon to use combination attack like Hypnosis and Dream Eater. Brock asks if Hypno is the evolved form of Drowsy, and the rich man confirms that it is. He says that their Drowsy finally evolved into a Hypno three days ago. Dun, dun, dun. 
we now have another connection that three days. Officer Jenny needlessly restates that this is when the children went missing and the Pokemon got tired. The rich man then chimes in that they have been using these Pokemon instead of sleeping medicine. Another man chimes in and says that they are all members of the, and yes, you're going to hear this correctly, Pokemon Lovers Club, which is a name I probably wouldn't have gone with if I were them. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be based off of the Pokemon fan club in the games that you find in Vermilion City. Yeah, it might have been, but Pokemon Lovers Club. I'm wondering what other types of activities are happening in this mansion, and if that has anything to do, you know, with with all the disturbances around town. Maybe they're like some like evil criminal organization that like does who knows what weird weird stuff, you know, kidnapping Pokemon and. And I don't know, it's just kind of a creepy name. He says that they all love Pokemon and Hypno is their favorite because it allows them to sleep at night. So they love Pokemon, hence Pokemon Lovers Club. Apparently they all have insomnia due to their stressful lives living in the city. I guess it's stressful being rich? I certainly wouldn't know, Jeff. But maybe someday we will. Maybe. But not if people don't start sending us money. All right, I'm calming down. We then look over to see Hypno putting a man to sleep. This upsets Ash, and he pulls out Pikachu to show that this Hypno is zapping all the energy from their Pokemon. So when they did that, did you notice that they pulled Pikachu out of the backpack by unzipping the backpack? <laughs> I did not notice that. That's I, messed up. I, I actually went, this is one of those moments where I went back, I rewound it just to see, because I couldn't tell. I thought, oh, they just, you know, carried him. But no, they unzipped it and then pulled i'm like wait so we just shoved pikachu while he was sleeping in this backpack and shut it on him could you just imagine ash's realization he's like oh my gosh for some reason when i cut off oxygen to my pokemon they go to sleep and don't wake up (laughs) also an interesting note is that after episode 38 which we will get to which everyone knows you know caused all those seizures after you know electric soldier porygon or electric warrior porygon whatever it's called they actually reanimated these scenes so that the hypnotic swirls did not move and they were stationary oh okay interesting brock suggests that all the pokemon being put to sleep must be side effect of them changing hypno's wavelength to affect people it is normally only used on pokemon he also suggests that perhaps the wavelength is affecting some of the kids that are sensitive to it as well To test this, Misty walks up uh, and has Hypno put her into some sort of trance. She begins going seal, seal, seal over and over again while clapping her hands like, you guessed it, a seal. She then takes off out of the room. The group chases Misty into a park in the middle of the city where they then find a bunch of kids in a trance-like state acting like Pokemon. I can't imagine a situation where this would go unnoticed. Like, there's literally a little girl in a puddle, going, Magikarp, Magikarp! She's, like, flopping on her side, like, and another kid going, I'm Bulbasaur, and things like that. You feel like some sort of adult going through this park, like, you know, jogging, or or I hear some people actually jog for recreation. Maybe you'd think somebody going through this park would have noticed this strange sight and would have said something. If you see something, say something, people. Yeah, I had the exact same note. I'm like, how has no one seen that? Especially since it's kind of a, it's a huge park. So it's like, obviously a place people go is kind of think of like Central Park in New York City. Also, while they are running into the park, Ash just goes, 
it's a big park. Like yelling out kids name and actually looking for them wasn't as important as announcing how big this park is. <laughs> Apparently not. No. Brock says that this must be the Pokemon itis. With the new wavelength, he says that the children now all think that they are Pokemon. And and, and I kind of I stated an example before of what I mean when I say that the kids are acting like Pokemon, like the little girl in the puddle splashing around saying Magikarp over and over again. And Misty, of course, thinks she's a seal. Officer Jenny tries to wake them up and they resist and continue on with what they are doing. The rich man appears to have followed as well because he suggests that they use the drowsy to cure the children. He explains that the wavelengths from drowsy may counteract the wavelengths that Hypno puts off. So this is actually kind of information, interesting information. So he actually says sleep emits dream wavelengths, which may interact with Hypno's wavelengths. So I'm wondering if this was a dub error because drowsy's Japanese name is sleep. But it goes sleep emits dream wavelengths. So that the dubbers just saw the word for Jap sleep and they just like, oh, they and they just went with it. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I just see when I'm watching the episodes, I see like errors in the dub that are so incredibly obvious that I just fix them myself because I'm like, I can't I can't deal with this. That's <laughs> probably what happened here. They bring Misty back to Drowsy to try this out. Drowsy begins emitting wavelengths towards Misty. It works, and she snaps out of her trance. Ash comments that she looks beat, and she yells at him for it. He says that she really is back to normal. After this successful experiment, Officer Jenny suggests that they now have to do this with all the kids. Ash grabs Drowsy, and they all begin running for the park, but they don't even make it to the roof before they are stopped. So I just want to put this so the people who haven't watched the episodes can imagine. Ash is giving Drowsy, like, a piggyback ride. Right. He's kind of holding Drowsy on his head like he holds Pikachu, which is fine for Pikachu because Pikachu doesn't weigh hardly anything. But if you actually look up how much Drowsy weighs, he weighs just over 70 pounds. Ash must be ripped under all that, uh, I don't know, loose clothing that he wears. Who knows? Maybe he's just jacked. He got it at the police academy. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) On their way to the park, all of a sudden, Team Rocket comes flying out of the sky in hang gliders. They do the little poem thing on the way down. They land on the ground and say that they are going to take Drowsy and Hypno. Jesse pulls out a mirror, and this causes Hypno to accidentally hypnotize itself. Just then, however, Ash picks up a potted plant and throws it at the mirror, shattering it. This wakes up Hypno again. Jesse and James then throw out bull whips to wrap around Hypno and Drowsy. They go to take off with them, and James asks why they didn't just do this from the beginning. Jesse responds by saying that they had to fill a half an hour. Fourth wall broken again. Misty then throws out Staryu, who, for whatever reason, isn't asleep like the other Pokemon, and it cuts the whips, releasing the two captured Pokemon. Ash then throws out Pidgeotto, who uses a powerful gust to blow Team Rocket off the roof. As they fly away, Jesse says that they blew it. They land somewhere in the city and probably should be dead, but we can assume they aren't. Team Rocket is now fortunately gone. We change scenes back to the park where Drowsy uses its powers to break the kids from their trance. The kids are reunited, and they then go to do the same thing at the Pokemon Center. All the Pokemon wake up, including poor Charmander, who was about to die from apparently uh, sleeping. I never have understood why they're like, His flame's going out! He's sleeping! That... I actually was wondering the same thing because they're like, 
making a big deal about it. But I'm like, he's just tired. Like, uh, yeah, he's he's sleeping. If you died from being tired, I'd be dead. Okay. And here's something. We actually never find out if the kids are reunited. They don't bring the parents to the park or even explain to them how they are going to get their children back or tell them that they found their children in the first place. Like, no parents are there. After they all wake up from their trance, they're, you know, it's weird. The kids, like, go, I'm going to be a Pokemon master. I'm going to be a firefighter. And then they just run off in different directions. Who knows if they made it home? I mean, that's true. But there was at least one or two parents there, though, Jeff. The only parent there was Arnold's mom, which that'd be, we met at the beginning. That'd be the one, though. Yeah. That'd be the one. So, but she also, but that's also, why I put there that there was a parent. That's yeah, what I was she, referring to. She also seems to be the only one who's actively worried about this. Well, of course not. Did you see those other kids? They're weird as heck. Their parents <laughs> were probably happy that they got a three-day vacation from them. Ash takes credit for solving the case, and Misty and Brock put him in his place. Brock begins to hit on the nurse, but the nurse points out that Psyduck is still holding its head and complaining. Brock says that he will take care of it, and we change scenes to see Ash and his party walking down a path with Psyduck in tow. It appears that Psyduck is now going with Brock, and Brock is upset, saying that Misty should take it since it's a water Pokemon. Misty asks why she would want such a boring Pokemon. The Dex explains that Psyduck constantly suffers from a headache. Misty then trips over a rock and a Pokeball falls out of her pocket onto the ground. Psyduck taps it and gets sucked into Misty's Pokeball. The narrator then comes on and announces that Misty has effortlessly captured Psyduck and says all the mysteries are solved. To be continued comes across the screen. And by the way, I and now that our episode has like ended, I do have a few closing thoughts. What city were we in? Why were they so mean to Psyduck? And yikes, that would be a terrible experience for a Pokemon. So they're like, we never found out our city, which is weird because it's a huge city. Psyduck, why be so mean to Psyduck just because it has a headache? You should be feeling bad for it. And I do feel bad for poor Psyduck. I'm glad Misty fell and hopefully hurt herself. Uh, we do know what city we're in. We're in Hop 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 Town. That's the actual name of the city. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's the actual name of the city. Okay, because Brock didn't seem sure when he said that. I, I think that's the name of the city. Also, just wait. They get even meaner to Psyduck as the series goes on. Ah, uh, poor Psyduck. Yeah, so we are going to be talking about that a lot. But, I I I like this episode. It was kind of all over the place. We did see, as you said, the worst parts of the main characters. But it had a nice, like, story from beginning to end. Yeah, it was an okay episode. Wasn't my favorite, but it was okay. Yeah, it wasn't... I would say it's right in the middle. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of there. Yeah, true. It was like our podcast. I would say our podcast is good. <laughs> I was just... I, I was cracking one. Jeff, like, got... Jeff knows that I joke a lot, and he, his face, like, got very serious there. He's like, what? <laughs> but, yeah, it... It was the epitome of a filler episode. Yes, it was definitely a filler, and it felt... I, I really don't... I know it's a show for children. Like, I'm aware of that as I, as I review it. But one, one of the good things about it is it doesn't always feel like it. Some episodes, you're very aware that you're watching a children's show, and this was one of them. Yeah, and as I said, it was a filler, but really, it's not counted as a filler because Misty does catch Psyduck. Okay, that's interesting. Yes, but if you want to tell us what you thought of the episode, make sure you tweet us at Pokemon Snapshot, or you can email us at 
the Pokemon Snapshot at gmail.com or and as always, leave us a review on the listening platform of your choice. But Tyler, do you have anything else to say about the episode? No, I'm okay. All right, so next week, please make sure to join us for episode 28, Pokemon Fashion Flash. It's going to be super fashionable.